Welcome to the Emmanuel Baptist Church Podcast. We pray that the sermon you're about to hear would be useful as you grow in your love for God and your love for His church. Now, here's today's sermon. Need <laughs> of selling me the car and, and really taking care of us. But, uh, but it's so crazy. We, a lot of things that we were buying this car for, uh, it, it was all the things that we know we're going to need in the future, not just now. Right? We knew we wanted a big car so we can grow into it, right? Right now, it's just Maddie and I, but man, we don't know what the future is going to hold. We're, we're going to need some space. The other thing was when we were sitting down and signing everything off, we, we uh, had somebody say, well, do you want the warranty or not? For those of you who buy the car, you know that that is probably the biggest <laughs> stressful time of it all. But ultimately, are we going to need the warranty or not? Well, I don't know. This is right now. Thinking ahead, I hope we don't need the warranty, but there's a lot of investment that had to be made into that car. And when I think about the idea of an investment, we could talk about it financially, but ultimately investments can happen for a lot of things. We invest in a lot of things. We invest in our kids' lives, right? For parents in here, you're investing in the future for your child. When we think about our marriages, we're investing in time with one another. But most importantly, when we think about our faith, we're investing for the future of the church. And so today, my goal for us is to walk through three different types of investments and ultimately talking about the return on those investments. I'm going to talk about short-term investments, which I'll explain here in a moment. I'm going to talk about the long-term investments, the ones that takes a while for us to see the return on. And most importantly, I'm going to talk about our investment into eternity. What we're going to find is the short-term and long-term are more for earthly ministry and then eternity it kind of overcompasses that. And to do so, I want to read you a story, which I know in our bulletin we said we're going to be in uh, 1 Corinthians, but I, I changed it. Uh, we are going to be going through the book of Genesis. So if you have your Bibles today, I would love you to turn to Genesis chapter 12. We're going to read a story of a man that I truly believe really showed long-term and short-term investment. And again, I want us to have a mindset of investment in faith. If you're unfamiliar with the story, I'm going to be talking about the story of Abraham. Or as we'll see, he originally, uh, his original name, Abram, as we're going to read in most of the scripture. This story of Abram is a, is a story of a man who became synonymous with his enduring faith in God. God is going to do something amazing in Abram's life, but it's going to take a while for him to see what God is going to do. If you look in Genesis 12:1, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless you, those who bless you, and to him who dishonors you, I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. See, we see from the get-go that God has some pretty spectacular plans for Abram, but it's unclear yet just how these plans are going to play out. I'm sure that if God told us to leave our own country, we'd be a little hesitant, wouldn't we? He says that he says to go from your country, and then I will bless you. 
I love what Genesis 12.4 says. When God gives Abraham this amazing command, this amazing promise, we don't see Abraham sit and wait. Or he goes, oh, I'm not sure. Said Genesis 12.4, he says, Abraham, Abram went as the Lord had told him. And it says that Abram was 75 years old when he departed. Haran. See, without any hesitation, Abram and his family left his homeland and went out in faith, knowing that God would provide for him and fulfill this promise. He had faith. When we examine how old Abram was in 75, I'm sure many of us at this age would be very hesitant. But still, Abram answered God's calling for his life. But yet the question remains, what, what is this blessing that God is going to give to Abram? If you look one chapter over in Genesis 13, starting in verse 14, the Lord said to Abram after Lot had separated from him, Lift your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see I will give to you and to your offspring forever, and I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Again, we see God make Abram an amazing promise, one that Abram would really have to believe in faith because being at that old of an age, you can only imagine having, it said, having your offspring being the dust of the earth as much as the dust of the earth, that's a lot of dust. How do you even have one child, let alone countless? We look over a couple more chapters in, verse, in chapter 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. He said, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. Again, at this point, Abram was still kind of like, Okay, God, I, I'm just going to ask. Oh, Lord God, what will you give me? I continue childless. He, he brings up a pretty good point, doesn't he? He's like, How am I supposed to have these descendants that you talk about? This as numerous as the dust of the earth, how am I supposed to do that if I continue childless? And he asks this question, he says, will my heir be the house of Eliezer of Damascus? This is like a servant that Abram had. He's like, is this person going to be my descendant? Who, who is this? Who are you talking about? Abram said, behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir, your own very son will be your heir. Of course, we know future, later on we know this, he's talking about Isaac, right? And he goes even a step further. He says, he brought him outside and God said, look to the heaven and number the stars. If you're able to number them, he says, so shall your offspring be. And what does Abram do? Verse 6 says, he believed the Lord and he, was, he counted it to him as righteousness. Notice here how Abram was told yet again that he will have a large multitude of descendants, as numerous as stars this time. Right? Same idea that it's going to be amazing. At this point in Abram's old age, he starts to wonder, God, where are you in all this? How am I supposed to be the father of the descendants when I have no child of my own? But ultimately, it says that he believed in the Lord. He trusted God, despite how crazy it may have sounded. Debbie mentioned earlier, we serve the God of the impossible. And it's amazing to see that ultimately in faith, Abram was believing these promises of God. Now, I don't know if you've caught on yet. Abram is investing in the things of God by truly believing it and counting it as truth. Right? 
And when you think about the story of Abraham, obviously we know eventually we see the birth of Isaac. But there's two sides to this investment in faith. Ultimately, there's the short term and then there's the long term. Right, long term, we know that, that Abram was going to have these ascents as numerous as the stars. Obviously, we know that eventually Isaac would lead all the way into David, who would lead to Christ. And we think about us as Christians, man, that is numerous as the stars, is it not? But when we think about the short term, you know, that could have been quite the situation of, well, I'm so old, how am I supposed to have a child? Even now, I'm just like, ugh. In Genesis 17, it says, When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am with God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may take, make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abraham fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. There's that promise again. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but you shall be called Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. And I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And God said to Abraham, And so, as for, your, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah will be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. Wow, these promises are starting to come a little bit closer to, to reality, isn't it? I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and, and she shall become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Of course, in 17, Abraham fell on his face and he laughed. He said to himself, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? God said, no, but Sarah, your wife, will bear you a son, and you shall name him Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for offspring after him. We see in Chapter 21, the Lord visited Sarah and he said, the Lord did to Sarah as he promised. God made a promise to Abraham and he fulfilled it. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at which the time which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, and Sarah bore him Isaac. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Now, we saw earlier when God first made this promise, Abraham was in his 70s. So it took quite a few years. So we knew in the long term, right, we talked about the fact that, that there would be multitude of nations and that Abraham would be the father of many nations, but yet here we are with the birth of Isaac, the short term. He invested in faith and he got to see a return on it. I think it's so amazing that God provided what he had promised. Isn't that amazing? fact about our God is that he comes through with what he promises. But like Pastor Isaac mentioned last week, sometimes it's not always thus saith the Lord. And sometimes it's difficult to discern in our lives of what we're truly investing. We know we're investing in faith, but how are we supposed to see what God is going to do in our lives? As I mentioned earlier, there's three kinds of investments and returns in those investments when it comes to our faith. Talking about the short term, when we examine the testimony of Abraham, God gave an amazing promise that he would eventually have descendants as numerous as the stars and that he would be the father of many nations. Obviously, when we think about the return on that promise, it would take many years for such a thing, but God provided Isaac. In the same sense, 
There's times in our lives when we seek after God, we ask for his blessing to be on something. And unfortunately, we live in a time, in a day and age, where we live in a world of instant gratification, don't we? We ask God, God, do this thing for me. Do this thing for me. And we think that maybe one day later, one week later, one month later, God's going to just do it. But that doesn't always work, does it? (laughs) Unfortunately. It feels rare at times to invest a seed, to plant for the kingdom of God, and to see the return on it so quickly. But we serve the God of the impossible, don't we? We serve a God who does some amazing things that we can never even think or imagine. They're not here today, but I think of Ruby and Case and King. When uh, they started coming to our youth group a couple months ago, I was so excited because they told me, man, Pastor Trent, I want to get baptized. I want to give my life to the Lord. And it's so amazing because I had barely known them at that point. It, It was something that had already been planted and started in them. And we were seeing the fruit of what somebody did beforehand. Here in a little bit, we're going to get to celebrate the baptism of Travis. I'm so excited for that. So excited. But we know that a seed was planted in Travis's heart, and it was mended, and it was worked the ground, and, and, and his heart, and he is coming to faith, and we get to celebrate the baptism of Travis today. I think that these are the short-term investments I'm talking about. Okay, These are what I'm talking about. And oftentimes what I find is that when we see God do an amazing work in our lives and we get to see after the toil and and, and the working of the ground, when we get to see the return on that, it brings us to faith, doesn't it? It brings us joy to know that what God has worked in has truly came to be and it's going to continue to work. So amazing. When we think about it, it's oftentimes kind of like a farmer. Right, who prepares the ground in the spring. And he plants that seed, and then they wait, and they mend the ground. They, they continue to work the ground, and eventually you get to see the fruit of the harvest. It's so amazing to see when God does an amazing work. It increases our faith. But ultimately, we must realize that it's not anything that we have done in the process. It's ultimately what God has done through it. When we see that God does an amazing thing, he does an amazing work, we invest in our faith, we know that we can step back and realize that God is going to do all the heavy lifting. It's nothing that we can do. Although there are many material things that God doesn't promise us, he doesn't promise us wealth or prosperity or future success, he does promise us that he will supply us with our every need and that we can use the blessings he gives us for his glory. We get to celebrate today the baptism, right? We get to celebrate what God has done in the lives. And ultimately, we get to give God glory. In Philippians 4, 19, it says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to the riches and glory in Christ Jesus. How amazing is it that when we toil in, in our faith, we, we try so hard to bring people to church. We try to bring people in the saving power of Jesus Christ, we know that ultimately it's not what we say, it's what God's going to do through it. God will supply every need of ours according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. 
We must be a people who recognize that when we allow God to be at the center of all that we do, we allow him to get all of the glory. It's not ours. Anytime we invest in the kingdom of God, we have faith and we pray earnestly, he will provide every ounce of what we need. Our God is a father to us and he will give us exactly what we need, whether we realize we need it or not. So why, I may ask this, when we invest in the kingdom of God, why should we be surprised when he does an amazing work? Ephesians 3.20 says, Now him who is able to do far more abundantly than we all that we can ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout generations forever and ever. Amen. In terms of investing in the future, we must be faithful to God and passionately seek after him with every step, right? That's what Abraham did. He was truly faithful to God. And he got to see something pretty amazing. When he gives us blessings, when he does things to us, and we can give him glory for it, we should, in turn, give him much more glory. I, I just, it's so exciting. We should increase in our faith. But, of course, that's not always what happens, right? When we invest in the kingdom of God, we don't always get to see our return. There's times where, where it's so easy that God will do something in our lives and we can give him glory, but there's times where we invest in the kingdom of God and we don't get to see the results of it. Naturally speaking, in, in this culture of instant gratification, like I mentioned earlier, it's almost expected that God will just take our prayers and answer them instantaneously, but yet we get frustrated when it takes a while for God to get back to us. It's in these long-term investments, the not-yets or even the no's, if you will, that we have to be strong in prayer and in faith. We know that God's going to do a work, but sometimes we just have to be patient and let him do the work. Lamentations 3.25 says, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Same thing is said in Psalm 130, verse 5. He says, I will wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And listen to this. And it says, In his word, I hope. There's some times where we are truly going out on a limb and we're, and we're asking God to do something amazing, but sometimes God makes us wait and we can become very impatient. That's why dwelling in this, this holy word, truly allowing this to infiltrate our hearts, to penetrate deep, this is what we can rest in in the meanwhile. We must remember that those who are patient in the things of God, we, we know that those who are following God in the Old Testament, it took hundreds of years for the final coming of Christ, but what did they do? They waited and they dwelled on the word of God. They had faith that God was going to provide for their every need. May I remind you today that a few things. His word will never leave you, or his word will never return void we can remind ourselves that God will never leave or forsake you in your time of need. When we can pray earnestly that God will do a work, we can trust that his work will be sufficient for us. Faith is ultimately what we need in the long terms. When I think about when I was younger, my mom and dad are here. They come and support me every sermon. It's always great because I always have a sermon illustration for them, hoping they wouldn't be in the room, but here they are. I'm just kidding. This, one, this one's not a bad one. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, when I was younger, I remember having uh, my mom and dad went and got a tree. 
uh, and they planted it in their, ba- in, in their backyard. And this tree, I don't remember how big it was. I mean, it was probably, you know, just a little small tree, baby tree. I don't know. <laughs> but ultimately, they planted that tree. And that tree was going to grow into a bigger tree, obviously, one day. But it was years before that could happen, right? It took a long time for that thing to grow. And it's so funny. We have since obviously moved from that place when they were living in Moberly. But it's so funny to go back past that house and see that tree and how big it's gotten over the years. And when I think about it, my mom and dad, they didn't get to experience any of the joy or the shade from that tree, right? But they did all the hard work. They did all the labor. But somebody else is enjoying that now, right? When I think about the kingdom of God, sometimes we invest in people's lives, but we don't always get to see the return on that. But ultimately, we got to realize that God has done all the growing. God has done all the work we just simply planted the seed. So amazing to think that. To even have a part in the kingdom of God is so amazing to me. I don't know. Baffles me. Must have faith that God is going to do a work. Investments here on this side of glory can feel really hard sometimes. We toil and we try so hard to, to uh, just want this plant to grow. But sometimes it's amazing to just wait and watch God do all the work. To help with the ground, but know that ultimately God's going to do the growing. I know that although both long-term and short-term investments are something to think about for earthly ministry, we must take a step back and recognize that what we are investing in in our lives, whatever that may be, it goes well beyond earthly ministry. These investments have one true center that we must invest in ourselves, each and every one of us. And best of all, we can reap the benefits of it today. We don't have to wait for weeks or years, but rather we can enjoy it today. In case you aren't tracking yet, what I'm talking about is investing in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Ultimately, the greatest of any investment is that of placing our faith and trust in Christ And when we come to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and repent of our sin, we find not only the forgiveness of our sin, but a blessed hope that goes beyond the grave and into eternity. Just like the last two, the short term and the long term, we must understand that following Jesus is just as much of an investment. Not only is following him an investment, but telling others about him is an investment. We must recognize that although Yes, we're talking about a building project here through these sermon series. We are ultimately realizing that our hearts need to be ready for what kind of ministry is going to happen. Preparing our hearts as a church to plant the seed of Christ and to watch God grow it through our relationships. Sometimes I think we get so caught up in our earthly ministry, and not even just ministry, but just in general, we invest our time into so many different things. We invest our time into things that really benefit us, but never benefit others. We're naturally selfish like that, aren't we? (laughs) I'm the first. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of it myself. We must be people who invest into eternity as a church, as individuals. We need to invest in the things of God first and foremost and then allow everything else to formulate around it. 
And ultimately, we can see in our own lives, we can reflect on our own hearts and see what we're truly investing in. And because of that, we can see verses like Matthew 6. It says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth or rust do not, rough and rust does not destroy and where thieves do not break and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So I ask you today, church, this simple question, where is your heart today? Whether you get to see God working in the short term, we get to see God come and do something amazing in our lives, something we can not even think or imagine, or whether we're waiting for God to do something amazing, we can know that today we can trust, that today we can see the blessings of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. When we invest all of our time and efforts into knowing Christ more and more, inevitably we will grow in faith. We can learn to grow in faith and we can trust the provisions of God in the now and recognize that Christ ultimately is all that we need. When we lift up our prayers to God, we can recognize in His will and in His timing He will be faithful to His people. We can rest in knowing that an investment in Christ will always produce a return of joy, mercy, love, and everlasting unity between God and yourself. So I ask you today, church, this is my ultimate question. What are you investing in? Are you spending all of your time investing in what only benefits you in the now? Or are you investing in something that will last in eternity? A relationship with Christ. When we build our lives upon the, upon the foundations of Jesus, we can find ultimate contentment and assurance. So I ask you again, are you investing in things that rust and fade, things that only benefit you? Or are you, are you investing in things that give life and fulfillment? What you invest in matters. So I just ask you today, make your investments count. Abraham truly believed that God was going to do something amazing eventually in his life. And did ever, Abraham ever get to see the descendants as numerous as the stars? No. But he did get to see the birth of his son Isaac, who would eventually lead to the birth of Christ and the birth of the church, his bride. So today, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, I just ask you today, consider it to be the best investment you could ever make in your life. I can only imagine what my life would be like without Christ, but I can tell you it would not be that great. It would not be good. Jesus has done such a tremendous thing in my life, and as we're going to see here in just a moment, when we invest in the future of the church, we get to see some amazing things and give God all the glory and all the praise. So at this time, just ask you all to bow your heads as we finish out this service. I just pray today, God, that if there's someone in our midst who's not truly invested all of their time and all of their, their, their everything or and laid it down at the feet of the cross, if they have not done that yet, God, I pray that today be their day. Lord, we can rejoice, Lord, in the blessings, Lord. I know, like the old song says, to God be the glory. Great things he has done. And just like the other song says, to count your blessings one by one and just see what you have done. Lord, we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. Lord, we ask right now that you be with us, Lord, as we continue to dwell on these questions. We continue to dwell on your word. Lord, in the time that we have to wait 
Lord, sometimes we won't get to see a return on this investment of faith. Lord, even through the, the toil and the, and the hard times and the hardships, Lord, we can know that you are still good and you are still God. You're the same God of the Old Testament, same God of the New Testament. You're the same God yesterday, today, and forever. We can trust in that now. So, Father, if anyone uh, in our midst today is struggling with that thought, is struggling with trying to find contentment in the things of this world, Lord, I pray that they find you. Lord, in the seeking and all the sorrow that they may have and face, Lord, I pray that they can find Jesus Christ today, your Son. Only there is where we will find true rest for our souls. And when we invest in your Son, Jesus, Lord, we know that we can see an amazing return today and forever. Lord, we love you. We pray all these things in your Son's name for his sake. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's sermon. If you live in or near Bethany, Missouri, we invite you to join us for our worship services held on Sunday morning and Sunday evenings, as well as our various activities on Wednesday nights. For more information on how you can get involved, visit our website at bethanyibc.com.